0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and A member FDSE.
1: Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers Podcast, the podcast that was livy, Levi the Loca this weekend. This week on Heart and Hand, more crap joke. <laughs> Welcome to Heart and Hand podcast. My name is David Edgar, I'm your host and joining me this week all the way from sunny Mexico is Mr Cameron James Bell. David, how are you
0: my friend? How
1: come it sounds better to talk to you when you're in Mexico than it does when you're in the east of Scotland?
0: Because uh, Mexico uh, and Southern America has got better Wi-Fi than West Lothian. Yes. There you go. Simple but true, I'm afraid.
1: But uh West Lothian actually offered up the team that came to play Rangers this weekend. But before we get into the match, Cammie, the the other big news of the weekend broke on Friday, so we'll go chronologically. And that was the news that Mark Allen was to leave Rangers as director of football. And the announcement did seem to come out of the blue. There'd be nothing in any papers or whatever. I know for a fact that uh, two of the major newspapers in Scotland found out about it when I asked a couple of journalists who worked there, is there anything in this? Um, So it was pretty well kept secret. Rangers uh, issued a statement on Friday night, a very nice one, um, thanking Mark Allen for all his work, suggesting that he had decided he wanted to return to England and explore other opportunities. He's been away from his family for two years. All very reasonable and amicable. I hate to be a cynic Cameron, I do, you know that. I, I'm I'm very much all butterflies and fluffy things and whatnot in, in life, but um, do you just get up and leave a job like that? Is there not usually some sort of notice period to help us get a replacement and all that sort of thing? It seems a little out of the blue, very sudden.
0: Yeah, so no, you don't. um, But um, I don't believe that, as as we've kind of read online and, and, um, you know, you've probably seen and heard from other people, major fractures within the relationships between the boards, Gerard, the playing sorry, the coaching staff, etc. Um I don't know if maybe the train had had run its course and at that point, you know, we were in Mark Allen's eyes, our final destination from what he could do. Um whether he came to that realisation or other people maybe pointed out to him might be quite an interesting thing to to find out more about. But um no I don't believe that it happens with that little notice no uh, that all of a sudden you've come to that decision
1: no um a few rumors i noticed come up over the weekend and uh I we're at least able to put them to bed on here firstly the rumor that mark allen left because he was upset that rangers spent seven million on ryan kent that is not true 100 percent not true mark allen was aware that he was a rangers target all summer um was quite happy about it had given his consent to it he was uh, no Absolute nonsense. So if anyone tries to sell you that one, that's nonsense, folks. Um, The other one that he was involved in a a training ground bust up with a member of the Rangers coaching staff is also bollocks. So you can put both of them to bed, folks. From what I hear, um, and from what you've read, folks, this is not me breaking anything. It was in the papers over the weekend. The, The job's changed. I think it was very, very interesting that when Stephen Gerrard spoke about getting in a replacement, the phrase he used wasn't director football, he said technical director. And I think that's what it's going to be. When Mark Allen arrived at Rangers, there was nothing. There really was very, very little in terms of an infrastructure. And he put in place a scouting department, which is now headed up by Andy Skilding, and he put in place a youth department, which is now headed up by, of course, Craig Mulholland. And they run very well, and they've been added to. We've had coaching, uh, we've had sorry, scouting staff. We've had coaching staff added to the the youth squad, and they run very well, and everyone's very happy with them. And that kind of meant that there wasn't as much for Mark Allen to do, obviously. So there's uh, the feeling that the position had almost, in a way, parts of it had become slightly redundant, and that's why. When I read things like, uh, I wonder if we'll go for Ross Wilson, I doubt it highly. I don't think it'll be that kind of level of person that will take the job because it will be more just an overseeing of existing areas rather than having to create anything from scratch. He did have a good relationship with Stephen Gerrard. Um, I think if you've ever been with him, though, you would be aware that it's kind of more one-sided uh, of a of a relationship. Um Oh, you know me, Cammy. I, I I won't date a woman that I like more than she likes me. Um, you you need to have the upper hand, and I think Stevie G was was of that mindset as well. But I, I don't anticipate this leading to any huge fissures. Put it this way: if if Steven Gerrard was desperate for Mark Allen to stay, um, Mark Allen, I sus I suspect would have stayed. So, uh, one thing that I did think was a bit odd. Um, maybe just me. And uh, I speak as people who listen to this will know as a huge Stephen Gerrard fanboy, but he said um, he would probably be involved, that's very well he use, probably be involved in the recruitment of the or the decision taking over the new technical director, DOF, whatever you want to call it. And that seemed a wee bit weird. Now, at Rangers, Stephen Gerrard is without a doubt the most important member of staff. I mean, you could argue a football manager, it always is, but, but he is. And he's seen that way by the board. But what happens if you know, Stephen Gerrard appoint or helps appoint someone he's very happy with, very comfortable with, and then for whatever reason, be it in two years he gets an offer top move um, or things don't go as well as we hope and we have to make a change. Are we putting maybe too many of our eggs in the one basket there?
0: Um, it's difficult because I think typically when people... People's understanding of a director of football is that you are responsible as DOF. As a, I suppose, really, you've got two sides of that role. The first one is that you want to be able to implement an infrastructure if one doesn't exist or do a complete overhaul if one does and it's not fit for purpose uh, or the creation of one. And the second part of that is what Mark Allen did because we, we had to get our house in order in terms of what was happening there. And you're right, to, to a certain extent, I would imagine... That the objectives that Mark Allen was set when he came in, uh, those certain objectives were finite. He was going to achieve them, or he was going to be unable to achieve them. But by a certain point, they would have been completed, and then it would have been on to the next. And the next is the first part of that. I suppose that footballing ethos, that that idea of you know how do you play football, because there are certain clubs um, who are very successful. Uh, DOFs and, and but it's because they will implement an ethos and a style of play a style of coaching that runs all the way through from the lowest youth ranks to the first team we can't do that because we need to be able to go by I suppose a certain methodology that um we are the biggest club in the country um Saturday, we'll show you why we can't do that because our youth teams will not go up against other teams who will just sit yeah. in against them. They won't, they won't be at a Livingston, you know, at youth games. If anyone's ever seen any Rangers youth games, are free flowing, they're back and forth. And if you play in that and expect to play in that all the way through to the first team, you'll get a very, you know, sharp shock because you will get games like we saw on on Saturday where teams will sit in. You'll have to break them down. You'll, you know, they'll compound, they'll frustrate, they'll do all that kind of stuff. We can't implement that that idea. What we need and what I think Gerard is is alluding to and why I, I totally agree with your opinion that it will be an internal appointment is a, a, a figurehead, if you will, uh, a czar of all of the, the footballing aspects of the club that all report to one person. So whether that's scouting, first team operations, all of the youth, the Hummel training centre, how that's been operated, all of that kind of side of things all goes to one person and that person will oversee all those. They might not have to have an overarching influence because I think anyone who comes into that role will have to get the sign-off by Gerrard and Gerrard will will very quickly have to establish whether or not he can work with that person and there will be parameters and boundaries set. There's not anything really wrong with that, to be perfectly honest, because I wouldn't want someone who's never managed the football team to come in and start telling Stephen Gerrard how to do it. Um, but also the fact that you have to have someone in who is answerable, who who will have to answer to the board if there are failings in any of these areas. When Mark Allen came in, you know it was so scattered gun, it was all over the shop, um, and so right, he he might... had to build an infrastructure, and he deserves well, credit did. for that because no, there, was, not, there Listen, was nothing there. That that's exactly what he should get. He should get credit for that. Now, you and I both know David, and we both know in our respective industries that there will be people who come in and actually a big part of what they enjoy doing is coming in and creating that infrastructure. They enjoy putting something in place and being able to do it. And what they might do is they might build the car, but they might never drive it. And so what they want to do is they want to come in and, and oversee that change, set that in place, and then they might go off in their merry way. And what's interesting about reading some of this stuff in social media is this smacks of this to me of what happened at Celtic under the McCann era and how you've always got these... Uh, deluded celtic fans who talk about well i don't understand why McCann didn't go beyond his five-year plan etc it's because he came in and inherited an absolute shit show and that's exactly what happened on a far far smaller scale with mark allen he came in he's probably put the train back in the tracks and then at that point he's then said right if this is no longer part of my role and this is no longer the parameters of it would i get any job satisfaction at the back of that then add on the fact that he's been away from his family for two plus years you know, th- there's there's elements to this where you could probably understand the guy's thinking and say, "Well, listen, do you know what? That's about it. He 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 has done a massive job, and he, he deserves huge credit for what he's done."
1: Yeah, um, and I think I think moving forward, the the job was less, and that can happen as companies change in other yeah, people absolutely. yeah yeah diluted that's, that's the, the the very word for it there's just less for him to do and, and maybe he is getting less of a buzz but we'll, we'll see what happens with that let's let's go on to the match itself then um rangers uh, saturday three o'clock kickoff it was wonderful armed forces day which is always great i've got a theory we always win on armed forces day and it's god smiling on the the good people but uh for a long stage it maybe didn't look that way i watched the game back. I admit, Saturday I was pretty disappointed with the performance for large swathes of it. And at the end, I was more sort of relieved um, that we got the three points than than delighted. But having watched it back, we actually weren't as bad as I thought we were. And I think that partly it was due to, it was flat. In the first half, Rangers made some really good chances that we really should have taken, um, didn't. And then, of course, the blow with Ryan Kent going off after... 40 minutes um i must admit that i thought to myself god is this going to be one of these days because we'd hit the bar and it was one of those ones that came down but didn't go over the line and all the rest of it so into the second half scott Arfield, crazy tackle don't know what he's thinking um he gives away a penalty levy score and i am thinking this is one of those days so credit to rangers because they they then rolled up their sleeves and uh went and got the win the first thing was, I've seen some people uh, talking about the atmosphere. The atmosphere was not good on Saturday for whatever reason. I, I suspect strongly it's Livingston's first game after an Old Firm defeat. And the fans are sitting there saying, right, come on then, entertain us. And it kind of did take the, the Livy goal to wake us up, which is always a bit dangerous, but... This isn't new. You know, this, I remember playing Livingston in, what, 2003, and it was like this. It, 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 there are just some games that fans of a club or size, Cammy, cannot get up for. Um, And you can, you know, we can complain about it. We can say, oh, that's bad, or it shouldn't be like that. I, I'm just dealing in the reality. I've been going to Ibrox since the 80s, and there are games that, you know, you just don't get the atmosphere. The atmosphere against final and Thursday will be a hell of a lot better, put it that
0: way. Yeah, I don't know. You're right. I mean, it could be the case that people just found it difficult to motivate themselves against Livingston. I and I hate saying this, but I think the international break came at the right time because um it gave us a chance to breathe. Um we did that, you know, we 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 had to re- come back against the Celtic result. Um but in that time we've signed Ryan Kent, I don't I don't really get as to why there's this kind of cloud, if you want to call it that, in terms of where it's at. I think I think our problem has been we haven't seen a performance that's been a route yeah, other than Hibs. But if you look back against how we played against Livingston previously, um, they've been they've been, and I don't I don't want to say tough encounters, as in, you know, the from a talent perspective, they've been really difficult to break down. They've been frustrating. They've been tough games because they're tough to watch. And from that perspective, you have to then think, right, this will be a grind. This will be something that we'll have to go against. Final, they'll be completely different. Because it'll be back and forth. The European games predominantly like that. But you're right, at the end of the day, we, we've got a responsibility, and it's not just the Union Bears, by the way. The, the stadium has to be able to motivate itself. Armed Forces Day is is a should have been the 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 match that lit the fuse to be able to get the stadium up and rocking and been able to do all that kind of stuff. Because I, I would be absolutely willing to put money in the line. There was probably more cheers for some of the armed forces guys than we had for our own players. Why can't we maintain that for ninety minutes? I don't, I don't understand. But anyway, that's a different matter.
1: That's that's a was that's always a, that's a show on its own. That one. Um, the, yeah, the, the wise. But I'm just talking about you know how it is. And you did need the players. And then it was a slow game. It was up against Livingston playing. Um, I'll do both because I know that these phrases trigger both um, both young people and old people. Livingston parked the bus. There you go. And Livingston used the low block. There you go. Um that's the thing about this this pod, Cami, we, we can talk to all sorts, you know. We we are even, sit- even women sitting on that fence. Even even women, yeah. Even um, women. Uh you get that now? Mm, Birds. Yeah. Birds. At the fitber. Fitber. But um uh there was a young lady actually near me at Ibrox on Saturday, she's stunningly attractive. I um I must admit I just I, I I didn't even look uh, after the first glance, because I thought I really don't want to be one of those old creeps. So, alright, Hen, how you doing? it? Yes, when, eh?
0: when they when, when, when scored and you climb over five rows to get to, them to get that to her, yeah, that that was
1: you know the the magistrate was really understanding the last time, but I think I'd be chancing my arm a little bit. But we, we go a goal down, um, and as I say, Kent's off, and that definitely flattened the crowd a little bit more. Two schools of thought in on this one, um, and I think we're in. Uh, we are, uh, one of us is in one and one of us is in the other, so it should make for an interesting couple of minutes. Um, uh, immediately after the game, lots of people say, I can't believe he started, why did he start? Now, my view on it is, look, he's... Being, he's a fit boy for a start He's been training with the first team for two weeks It wasn't like he arrived on Friday He's been training, he's been through a medical He was fit to start the match We're always being told the only way you get fit Is by playing matches The only way you get match sharp rather Big game on Thursday, the idea was to play him for an hour Which seems sensible Ryan Kent had two hamstring injuries last year Ryan Kent gets hamstring injuries It's unfortunate, it's just the way his body is It could have happened at any point I I. I think it's a wee bit looking back with 2020 hindsight. However, there is another school of thought and I, I think you're in it, so I will pass
0: the bat on to you. He shouldn't have started him. Um, I think the, the, this, this, there's three primary reasons for that. The first thing is, um, you don't have to be a, a died in the wool football manager to know that proper games are not training. Um, and if you look at the run, because uh, I've watched that a few times now in terms of the overall game and also this particular incident when you see Kent running for it the, the actual ball he's chasing there's not much on at all he's trying to go through for a one and one but the defender has the ground on him and he's trying that hard that's what pulls his hamstring the second thing is that I would rather have played him once we had an assessment of the game and we could see what's happening now You know, were you to tell me at the start of the game by the way Olivia will just sit in today and they'll play one guy up top and they'll just try and pop balls to him none of us would have been knocked over uh, at that astounding statement. What would have happened would have been that if they had sat in, and I don't think necessarily we came out of the traps flying at the start of the second half, I think that the penalty gives us a kick up the arse and then at that point we then started having a degree of urgency, because like the atmosphere, the players I think were a bit flat in the first half. The introduction of Kent gives the stadium a pop, it gives the stadium a lift in terms of being able to try and do that. And the third thing, is that, let's say, you know, it's not in that scenario, we're not sitting at nil-nil or we're sitting, you know, in a quite a tight game, let's just say it's completely open and we're three or four up at that point, Kent can go and do whatever he wants and he doesn't have to have the degree of urgency of trying to break a deadlock. Yeah, but so, it, it, it could still Of course, of course it could. That, that's, that's it it my could have point. happened at any can... point.
1: I think you can say you don't think he should have started for football reasons, and you've you've spelled that out. I don't think it's fair to say he shouldn't have started because he got injured. I, I think that's as I say, looking back on it. I with,
0: think you I think you have to say that, and this is again the trouble with hamstring injuries is that when you've got players, particularly young players, and Michael Owen was another player, yeah, who was, he, he was particularly susceptible. This yeah. is because they want it so badly, they probably push themselves slightly more than they should. And that's what caused the injury. Right, and was, what you can was, do is you can actually. But it's evidenced when he comes off the park and he's, he's virtually tears. He, he was very upset. Yeah, I mean, he, it I, I, a big day I totally get it.
1: Andy's and he's a got you know
0: yeah, yeah, they're
1: quite they're quite <laughs> emotional types. Emo. That's where, you know. That's where that comes from. Emo Yeah, um,
0: but, he, he but was, you've got, he, got to remember, was, David. Um, Emotion
1: uh, at the at the at the game on turn. Like uh, yeah. Yeah, I I think it was a, it was just a pain in the hole really for everybody, especially Ryan Kent because you know we want him something we want him playing. It was just it was just really frustrating. But one door closes, other opens, all that kind of stuff. Brandon Barker came on. Um, I think this boy looks a bit like a confidence player. Now, a couple of weeks ago, Cammy he was probably third in the queue when Ryan Kent signed. But Jordan Jones is injured. Ryan Kent's now injured. He got his opportunity and scored a very good goal, very important goal. Loved it. Um, you could see that he was just absolutely I love to see that when a guy scores a goal because you know that's why surely we're all doing this. And it was a fantastic moment for him. He's gonna get an opportunity.
0: He will, he absolutely will. And he um he took his goal really, really well. Um I know you know we've both watched it a couple of times now as well, but I would love to anyone who, who sees Barker's goal again. Uh, just to watch the way how he very cleverly steps inside but takes the ball with him, completely removes the, the Livingston defender out of the equation uh, and then just rifles at it home. It's, 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 a, it's a chance under pressure because obviously Ojo, you know, broke with the ball, is driving forward, is is, is, is moving into dangerous areas. And then just as he slides it to him, he, he then comes back inside as well. It's, it's a very good take from a player who's not had a lot of game time um, wasn't long in the park at that point, um, but again, has that additional pressure of, you know, I-, I want to be able to come on here and I want to play well. How many times, David, have we seen players who get an opportunity like this? Please. And to a certain extent, maybe I'm being a wee bit harsh, but they, they-, they fluff their lines a little bit. They're trying Definitely. too hard to be able to oh, try and yeah. do it. And, and-, and I think he-, he showed a lot of composure with that. What I really enjoyed was the fact that, you he- uh, I think it's it's Hellander as the first guy he's warming up at the side of the park and stuff he, he's kind of hugging him the, and then everyone else is on top of him and stuff as well he was he was absolutely loving it and it's good because again like you say it's good that uh, the rest of the squad acknowledge when he gets that opportunity and he, and he takes it that everyone else is, is, uh, is right behind him and stuff you know
1: uh, the Rangers first goal um, the equaliser came from James Tavernier who whipped over a cross similar to what happened against Celtic uh, similar to what happened to Ryan Fraser so scored one similar for Bournemouth yesterday where he was just putting it into the area and if somebody gets a touch great if not you're hoping that it drops in Keeper I think got confused by the, the players running across him Um BBC idiot Stephen Thompson said it shouldn't have stood because Conor Goldson was offside, but Conor Goldson doesn't go towards the ball. Uh, He's not in the keeper's eye line, therefore that's utter nonsense. Perfectly good goal. Rangers back in it. But then, and it would be remiss of us not to talk about him, cometh the hour, almost dead on, cometh the man, Alfredo Morelos. Now, I think Morelos was our best player on Saturday, despite not having his best game. And the reason I say that is he missed a couple of chances in the first half. You would expect him to score. He would expect to score. But in a way, that's more impressive for me. Because a couple of years ago, Alfie misses those chances. The head goes down. He starts trying to. hard. He starts shooting from 60 yards. He gets more and more frustrated. It didn't happen. He just kept at it. Then when we really needed a goal... Big strikers get the goals at those moments. They don't get the fifth and the sixth when you're you know, beating Hibbs 6-1. They get those ones. They get the ones that really, really matter. And he did. We needed him to pop up. Wasn't bothered. He missed a couple of chances. Opportunity came. Tough opportunity. Ball uh, played in from a corner, headed on by rebo, and it's flashing right across him. He gets there, bullets the header into the top corner. Wonderful goal. And he's just so much danger that that's what morelo's brings now constant so much danger and he's reliable cuz he gets them when they matter you just need to look back to the leg again when it's important when you really need it he's a man stepping forward and of course Cammy we've grown up with you know McCoist and, and guys like that that, that, that perfected that art. but that's that's what you need your star striker to do um anybody can do well when things are going well even arsenal can do well when things are going well it's when things maybe aren't going that well. It is a flat stadium. It's a team you're expected to beat. There he
0: was. Yeah, he was. Um, I, I might get a little bit of my soapbox here, so please forgive me if I do. But what I will say is, um, the game against Celtic at Parkhead, when he gets sent off, I was completely done with Alfredo Morelos. I was. I was done. Um, I was so angry at his lack of discipline and being wound up by Scott Brown. I would have happily have taken a a, a, a price for him at that stage what i saw on saturday is not just the goals and, well the goal and obviously the perseverance you've just mentioned david there was a few incidents which which i had noticed which um has proven me wrong in terms of where i was when we talked about that again at parkhead the first one was when um if you remember the livingston lad to get sent off the first book he gets is for a uh, foul on Andy Halliday Andy Halliday's trying to pick up the ball and he, he kind of bowls him over but Morelos had been tackled just almost immediately before that point point. and at that stage he runs over, pushes the lad and I thought, oh, fucking hell, this will be Willie Collum who, by the way, we'll come back to mm-hmm. uh, Willie Collum's instant fucking get out of a booking for both players, there you go Alfredo walks away from it and, and he walked away from it, I might add um, he wasn't dragged. He wasn't cajoled or anything like that. He walked away from it. Um, kept his cool. All very good. There was another foul where he was brought down by one of their defenders, and I, I, I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw this. Alfred gets up and actually helps up. I, I genuinely couldn't believe it. <laughs> and the third thing is uh, the goal celebration when he runs over to Jermaine Defoe. Now we've seen Alfredo. Um, with his face a bit like a smacked ass, Maybe sometimes he's been a bit petulant and sometimes he's, he's kind of ostracised himself from some of the group and all that kind of thing. He, he's appeared a bit like a kind of one-man band. Um, but the fact he ran over to Defoe, to Defoe especially, gave him a hug, gave him all that kind of stuff. Now, listen, there's no doubt to my, to my mind, and certainly not to your mind either, that Defoe is absolutely helping him in training. And Alfredo's oh, listening. Yeah. And you can see that because of the acknowledgement. Those were the things which gave me a huge smile on Saturday because you see this character development in it. And, and I think that he can maintain his aggressive style of playing. I've always said this. I didn't buy into the whole, you have to deal with him being petulant and his behavioural problems because that's who he is. And that's bullshit. He can still be aggressive. He can still be a pest. He can still be a menace. He can still put people about and he can still stand up for his teammates without having to be booked or sent off. And he's also enjoying his football. You can see him when he sees that when he scores goals, he smiles absolutely massive. Um I mean you saw it when he scored the winner against Legia. He didn't know what direction to run in as oh, soon as he, he celebrated, it was phenomenal. One but of the this best idea moments of running I've over had football uh, running over to obviously to go to the full who let's face it, these guys are are point counterpoint. They'll never play in the same part together. But to have that unity with some of his strike partners is Something we've never seen from Morelos before. So I was so so happy to see all of these things and his play. It wasn't just the goal because you're right. He, the, the goal he did score should not have been his hat trick. By the way, he didn't let himself down in terms of let's take a head down. I know at some point I'm going to come off. Jermaine's going to come on. Blah blah blah. No, he kept going and kept going and kept going. And when you've seen the excuse me, when you've seen the reverse scenario where he's come on as a substitute, he, he's went all guns blazing he mm-hmm. he's went crazy because he knows that he wants to score goals and you saw that when obviously he scored the brace after Defoe came off a hat-trick um, so this is what I love now about Alfredo Morelos this is the player who everybody can get behind he's loving his football he's loving what he's doing he's loving the other players within the team and being part of that squad and stuff as well and you're right his determination to get a goal after missing a couple of chances means we can rely upon him so much more now we don't have to have that slight worry that kind of eek factor um, in case anything happens or he sticks his head in or whatever. He's, he's loving what he's doing at the moment and it's just great to see.
1: Alfie, oh, please don't get sent off on Thursday and make a right to out of both of us there after that one. Or against Aberdeen. Yeah, that would be tremendous. Um, and then, you know, three points, not the best performance, but um, what I would say is that these are games we know we didn't win last season. It, it was that simple. These are games, certainly, I think going one down, we would have at best got a point from. And I think that the team now, you can begin to trust them a bit more to overcome things like this because you know, yeah, it was a last minute goal at Kelly, but they got it. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was one 0 at St Mirren, but they got it. Um, yeah, they they had to go a goal down and come back, but they got it. And and you know these are these are wins that that help you towards a settle because we'll have a patch of really good form. There's no doubt about it. We're a good side, but when things maybe aren't flowing. Then that's when you need to get the result. So I was I was very happy with that aspect of it. The
0: result, the results you're talking about, David, as well, and let's not under underestimate this as well or undermine it rather, are all coming from set pieces. Kilmarnock, St Merin, um, and uh, Saturday, all pretty much came about out of set pieces. Only one really was was Barker's, uh, which was from open play. Um, so quite clearly we're evolving in terms of the importance of our set play pieces. The goal against Sale that Tavernier scored and also the free kick virtually like for like. I mean they're virtually identical but they came because we are penetrating and getting free kicks 20-25 yards out from goal it, you know, whatever angle the corners that we scored against Livingston and scored against Kilmarnock are coming about because we're continually attacking continually attacking and the opposition are having to concede corners and we're damaging them from them so it's hugely, hugely important to part of our play now, and it's great to see that we're taking advantage of it. And as you say, last season we were dropping those points, hundred yeah. percent.
1: And and look, when you're up against pack defence, he said set pieces become much more important. And you know that that's exactly what happened, and we and we got the result from it. So before we move on to Thursday night, it's going to be a big match for us, of course, huge match for us, really exciting match. Um, you mentioned Willie Collum there, and I think I. I I know people might get a bit off, oh, Dave, why are you banging on about the referee? Because I think it's a bit trite to only mention a referee when he's um, cost you points, which has happened to Rangers a lot. But I think that when you win, then you can't be accused of sour grapes. And this is not sour grapes about, about the weekend. Willie Collum managed to be very bad for both sides, despite awarding a red card against Livingston, which obviously benefited us, despite awarding a penalty to Livingston, which obviously benefited them. And funnily enough, I think he got both those decisions right. But for both teams, he was awful because he needs to make the game about him. Everything has to be about him there were two times, because of where I sit in the main stand, there were two times in the second half where he gave decisions that he couldn't see, and I looked immediately to the linesman, and the linesman wasn't, he wasn't up with play to see it either, he guessed, and that is, I think, a a stain that we see that spreads across Scottish referees, they don't give what they see. They give what they... Or they are affected by, should I give that? Oh, it's Rangers at home. I don't want to look We All of these factors that shouldn't come into the decision-making, come into their decision-making. Yes, he sent the Livingston number nine dights off. He should have sent them off before. At one point, it was a high ball up to him. He put his arm up and all but caught it, but brought it down on it. And it led to a chance. And he didn't even give a free kick because he realised... If I do that, I'll need to book him, and he'll go off. And I don't really want to send him off for that. Later on, there was an elbow. Um, I, you know, could have been a straight red. It was certainly a certainly a second yellow, and he did send him off. Fair enough. Um, but this is not just from a Rangers point of view. From an actual, you know, football point of view, there was uh, one point when, Liv- I mean, Andy Halliday has, in my opinion, got very, very, very lucky with the the ball that was disallowed when the the Levy boy took it off him. And uh, there was another time when Livy broke and he brought them back when they had a four on three there were a couple of times when rangers players were running with the ball they were taking it didn't even get a free kick it's just a fucking terrible
0: referee well it is but then we we said and listen your points exactly we we need to only i mean we can't only talk about these things when you drop points because look at the celtic game because they absolutely should have been more cautions and potentially dismissals in that game. It wasn't handled well at all. Um and Saturday exactly the same. The one in Holiday was an absolute gift. And um we were were very, very fortunate. Um Colin, you're right, he does want to make the game about himself and he does want to be able to do the handball for me. What, what I'm really, really confused about is I, I can understand if there is a high ball it's gonna drop over your shoulder. And there's obviously two of you because it's the striker and, and the, the defender, defender I'm yeah. thinking in this instance it was Cattage. yeah um what what happens in that stage is you're probably trying to turn them, so your bodies are you know slightly you know to, to a different angle, so if if you can't see it, then okay, fair enough, but that incident happened about thirty feet away from the fourth official so let's let's go on the assumption that he handballs that slips cartage and then he's throwing goal and scores. You're actually tell me the fourth official at that point doesn't say, the ball came off his wrist, you have to stop play, go for it. Why is the fourth official not telling that? But it's what you're saying. The the referees think they know what they see and then just allow it to carry on. Um, and again, as I say, I I, I mean, I, I need to watch it again. I don't know if I can see it with the linesman in it. I don't... If the linesman flags for the holiday one. I'm fairly certain he doesn't. And if that's the case and he's closer to it than Colum is, then you play on. And that's how you know that we can be um partisanists because at the end of the day, we're not sitting here saying, Oh, it's great we got away with it. It he was terrible for both teams. And it's just the fact that you bring listen, if you switch that scenario around, that's the first thing you and I talk about is you know, we drop points because when one of our guys was through and goal, he doesn't doesn't score because he gets pulled back for a foul that was never a foul. So, nah, I'm sorry. It, it, it's it's just horrendous. And I don't know if there's any accountability for this. I really don't. I don't think anyone actually looks at that review and says, look, Willie, like you've had a shocker. You're going down into the first or second divisions for the yeah. next few weeks. I, I, think, I think it's think just that- a case of unlucky. Well, the, the justification
1: on, they use, kami is oh well, if both teams are unhappy, he must be doing something right. And it's like, no, it <laughs> doesn't work that's, like that. No, a justification, but that's that's what you hear. Like, oh well, everyone complains about referees, and that's just because they're fair, fairly bad, and that's that's the problem. <laughs> well, hopefully, we'll get a slightly better standard of official. Course, you never know when we take on Feyenoord in the first of our Europa League group games bloody exciting fixture final of course Dutch Giants traditional really really big game this uh, they've sold 2600 tickets uh, will be a great atmosphere although uh, the fans come with a bit of a rep so I think uh, just, just watch out for that folks um, I, I, I can't wait for this can we? I think it's going to be an absolute thriller um, we we're stepping up a level here. Against that, it's highly unlikely that they're going to come and sit 10 men behind the ball. They're going to come and try and play, and they'll fancy their chances of beating us. That's a good thing. That'll let us play. We've seen in Europe when teams do that, that uh, Rangers... Ugh, can play to a, a really high level. But what it will also have to mean is this is a team who keep the ball well. I watched them some highlights of their game of the weekend to keep the ball well, technically excellent, as you would expect from a Dutch side. Um, their, their star man's a guy called Stephen Berkwit, I think you pronounce it. Excellent player, really, really talented footballer. Um, if, it, if the defence isn't 100% on it, they will punish us.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Can't agree more. Um, the likelihood, obviously, being that we uh, rested Barisic uh, because he'll start on Thursday. I've got more comfort with that. Um, it's a great lesson. What we have to do, we have to remember a few things. The first thing is, it's a brilliant test for us. You, you only get better by playing against better opposition. Um, and Fainlord will come with no fear. I know you're saying that there's a there's a two and a half thousand allocation. There are rumours that in protest because of some of the unfair ticket um, pricing, that they're only going to maybe bring over about a thousand or so, I think. But irrespective of whether it's a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, Eyebrocks will hopefully be and should be a cauldron of noise to be able to spur the team on with that. The thing I would say, right, and th- and this is my second point, where we we need to also remember this: it's it doesn't matter who's in front of you. You have went through a huge gauntlet in order to be able to try and get to this stage. You have earned it. And you're not a top seed who's just dropped in. And, you know, all of a sudden you're going to have to play against these guys. And it's a bit of a uh, a kind of gimmick. You've, You've worked your arses off to be able to try and get here. Remember that because there's been too many times when we get to the group stage games and all of a sudden it's like we're a wee bit, you know, rabbit in the headlights. We deserve to be in this group. We deserve to play against these teams. You've earned that right through fucking sweat and blood and toil and everything else as well. So go out there and enjoy it, but give it your best shot. Go and give it your absolute best that you can. Give them something to think about because we can definitely pick up points on Thursday, as far as I'm concerned. We need to look at our home games as the ones that we absolutely can win. We go on the road... OK, maybe we might have to be slightly more cautious or pragmatic in our approach across there because we could get turned over. But there's no reason to be afraid. Absolutely none whatsoever. Nord are a very good team. You're absolutely right with European pedigree. But so are we. And that's what we need to remember. Um, so I don't think Nord will enjoy coming over to the place. I don't, I don't think they'll take it easy and, and think it's a bit of a shooting in. I absolutely no, want don't. to make sure that those those concerns are justified. They did not want uh, to to draw us out of that fourth pot.
1: I mean, don't get me wrong, they won't be panicking. I'm not suggesting that. But there were a lot easier teams in uh, in our pot than, than us, and that's something I think we need to bear in mind when we when we come to take them on. But very much looking forward to it. this. You can't beat European nights. At Ibrox are absolutely sensational. Right, folks, that will do us then for this episode of Heart and Hand. Just time to plug a couple of things. Uh, you may have seen by the time this reaches you. I'm sure there are uh, stories online with quotes from George Alberts about his time at Rangers. Rather than wait for the papers, why not go to our Patreon site where you can hear Martin Ramsey's interview with George Alberts and. And uh, you can get there before the papers go in and strip the stuff out of it. Just one ninety nine per month to sign up on Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash harp and hand and we will bring you loads of top quality interviews all throughout the year, we've had so many legends Archie Knox, Richard Goff, Andy Gray, Mark Hately yes, we, we honestly you, you wouldn't believe the amount of, of fantastic interviews we get, we've also got Arthur Newman who will be interviewed next week and I'd like to thank our friends at Five Stars Limited, the promotions company and ask you to do us a favour and go and follow them on social media it's at five the numeric five stars ltd and um, they are the people who make it possible for us to get access to these players and we are very very grateful to them for that so they've scratched our backs could you go and scratch theirs go and follow them or search for them on uh, facebook and you'll find all their events some wonderful events happening all over scotland just time then to thank our executive producers in london mike lee and paul miles and to thank my guest uh, from from the sunny shores of Central America, Mr Cameron James Bell.
0: Thank you David a pleasure to talk about the Rangers as always, I'm just sorry I had to leave the continent in order to get away from international football (laughs) Uh, It
1: has that effect on all of us buddy don't get me wrong. Right folks, thanks very much I'll be back next Monday, until then you have a great week, take care, bye bye Podcast Network.